welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, aliens, monsters, UFOs, or the ingredients of Oscar Mayer's salami. My name's Colleen. My name is Everett. You like Oscar Mayer hot dogs. I'm sure the same stuff's in the salami. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes, I... I like my hot dogs to be of mysterious origin, mechanically separated, squishy tubes. What weirds me out about Oscar Mayer salami? You, you can see the you can see parts. the chunks. <laughs> sure, suppose. But I, I, you would have to feel that way about any like cured meat in link form. Yeah. I don't know. I just I like I I'm not going to pretend that it makes sense. I like cheap, disgusting hot dogs. You, you like the homogenous texture. Like yeah, I don't want any of that all beef bullshit. I want what? That's good. No, I want it to be just a mix of parts bits. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is you want it to be like the same consistency. Yes, I want to bite into it and not recognize that it's actually a food product cow lips and pig right. butt and all that fun stuff yeah um i have a question for you mm-hmm. how do you feel about ed and lorraine warren scam yeah they're a couple of grifters major scam we're gonna talk about haunted doll today but not annabelle because screw the warrens and they're bullshit yeah 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 well today we're gonna talk about the most haunted doll in America. In America. In okay. America. So not the world. I don't know too much about dolls internationally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about Robert the doll. Okay, so I've heard of Robert the doll. I have seen a picture of Robert the doll. I don't know anything about Robert the doll. Good, because we have a lot to talk about. So it's going to be all new to you. And we will post pictures of Robert the doll on Instagram and Twitter. I will also say that almost all of the information that I'll be talking about and going through today is coming from a book written by David L. Sloan, and it's titled Robert the Doll. This book, and I just want to just say quickly, for a book about the paranormal, it's actually extremely well-researched. Almost every other page is like a scanned image of like a primary source. Oh, as a librarian, that warms my heart. It's it's like actually really fascinating to read through like some of the stuff that is in this book. And I'm leaving out a lot of stuff, too, that's not really relevant to the story of Robert the Doll. Like they have like an annual physical for Robert the Doll to like what to, to see how he's doing in his age because he's <laughs> over 110 years old. Um. Just like the doll aging naturally. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like his parts, like his felt <laughs> his and bits. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like there's pictures of like, it looks like an autopsy. There's like pictures like of every single section of Robert the doll and like descriptions of what they're looking at. Like there's a lot of weird stuff in this Interesting. book. Interesting. But it's a very good book. So if you're interested in this story, I would suggest giving it a try. It's only like 150 pages long. So it's not very long. All but right. Just Lay it an, on me. Just an introduction here. Robert's claim to fame is being the most haunted doll in America. He is about four feet tall. Oh, he's that big? Yeah. And he's famously dressed in a sailor uniform. He has hair that resembles a real child's hair. And today in his age, his face has pockmarked due to moths and general wear and tear. Who's touching this haunted doll? How's it getting weared and teared? Trust trust me, this doll is active. And we'll talk about it. Sorry, sorry. So... He famously holds a stuffed animal of a lion. It's his pet lion named Leo. He was first owned by Robert Eugene Otto. And upon receiving the doll, he named it Robert. And from that point onward, went by his middle name, Gene. So wait, I'm sorry. The owner gave his name to the doll and Mm -hmm. gave up his first name to be called Gene? Correct. What the fuck? <laughs> that's that's just the start of a very an, odd do relationship. Do they give an explanation for that? You can draw your own conclusions because their relationship is very intimate. Gene and Robert were inseparable through Gene's childhood, and those around Gene and the doll would notice strange things happening. The doll would move by itself when people looked the other way. Accidents would often happen in its presence, 
heirlooms and valuables would break or go missing, and whenever something strange did happen, Jean would always say, Robert did it. Upon Jean's passing, Robert stayed in the house until 1980. The owner of the house at the time brought Robert to her own home, which was still in Key West. She then decided Robert could no longer live with her and donated him to the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida in 1994. Robert the doll still resides there to this day on display in a glass case. He receives daily visitors at the museum, some traveling from across the country or even internationally to see him. It is said that if you do not ask Robert's permission before taking his picture, he may curse you. Robert receives, on average, one to three letters daily, usually detailing the tragedies that have happened to people after taking his picture and asking for the curse to be removed. How do they know if he gives permission? That's like me, you being like, hey, can I take your picture? And then just taking it anyways. Have you ever gone into like a place you're not supposed to go? And you have like a feeling that you're not supposed to be there. It's like a general feeling of like. I mean, I've never really been in places I'm not supposed to be. Sure. Well, imagine imagine if you're just like exploring downtown of a large city, Mm -hmm. Detroit, Chicago, New York, whatever. And you go into an abandoned building. You're not supposed to be there. It's dangerous. And you have like this feeling of dread. Sure. People say that if you. You have these types of feelings in his presence, whether it's at the museum or there's stories about Jean's childhood and adulthood with Robert, mm-hmm. the doll. You can, like, feel his emotions, whether they're happy, mad, angry, murderous. Interesting. I want to know what his criteria is for, like, yeah, you can take a picture, but you can't. Interesting. He's a judgy little guy. I guess. I guess. So let's talk about the early years yes. of Robert the doll. For many, many years, the origin of Robert the Doll was not known for certain. The most popular theory was that a servant of the Otto family gifted a doll to Robert, now known as Jean. Some said the gift was a genuine kind gesture, but others thought that the servant was upset with the family and placed a voodoo curse on the doll. Now, that sounds extremely cliche, but the locals in Key West are actually very accepting of voodooism because it is commonly practice religion in the area of key west mm-hmm. just oh. in florida in general like it's it's not like you know I guess I was us in the just midwest as- like it's it's a movie thing right sure yeah i guess i was just associated with louisiana yeah and- it's absolutely more common i would say in new orleans for sure sure but it's like in, a lot of people practice voodooism in the area sure sure so that that was the actual accepted theory for a very very long time However, in the writing of this book and the research that was done, uh, it was actually discovered that that is not correct. It sounds like somebody was trying to come up with a reason for why the doll might be evil. You know, like that would be the simplest explanation. And the thing is, and we'll talk about it in a little bit too, but there is half truth to that story. Okay. So as I said, it was researched. It was also done by the author, but also the employees at this museum that Robert's currently in. Mm -hmm. They were researching his history, and it was discovered that Robert was actually created by the Steiff Company in Germany, and that's the same company that created the teddy bear. And they still also make designer toys to this day for, like, very wealthy people. Hmm. He was likely made in 1904, but his size was different from their other typical dolls, making Robert truly unique. As I said earlier, he's just under four feet tall, and he's to scale of a six-year-old child. Oh, God, that's creepy. <laughs> the company did not keep record of these types of dolls at the time, but they now theorize that Robert was a display doll for a storefront or maybe some uh, sort of show of some kind. Okay. Jean Otto's grandfather, Dr. Joseph Otto, practiced medicine and lived in Key West, and he had a close connection with his German relatives, often exchanging letters and gifts. Uh, new information in Sloan's book is a actual passenger list for a return trip from Hamburg to the U.S. And Dr. Otto's daughter-in-law, Minnie Otto, was on the return trip to the U.S. from Hamburg. So the now accepted origin is that Minnie, Jean's mother, brought Robert the doll back from Germany to Key West just before Jean's fourth birthday in okay. 1904. And the doll was bigger than him? I think at the time when he was just under four, 
Yeah. Oh my, that's horrifying. He was not yet dressed in his sailor uniform, but was actually dressed in a pink and green clown suit. Oh God, like that's a Harlequin doll. Maybe that's why he's pissed, because he he wanted the clown suit and they gave him the sailor suit. I don't think so. And I'd be pissed off if someone made me dress like a sailor against my will. I, I actually don't think so because Robert and Jean were weirdly close, and. The sailor uniform was actually Jean's outfit. And since he's to scale a child. Oh, God, I hate it. He just said, hey, this is yours now. And he kind of adopted that suit. But the thing is, Robert the doll is well known for that suit or the sailor outfit now because that's what he's in in the display case. Mm -hmm. But he had many outfits. Sure. I mean, he was constantly changing like every day with the rest of the family. Oh, God. All right. So, where did the theory of an upset servant placing a voodoo curse on the doll come from? There may actually be some truth to it. William and Emmeline Abbott moved to Key West around 1880, and eventually William became a servant to Dr. Joseph Otto, who is Jean's grandfather. William was Dr. Joseph Otto's attendant until Otto became blind and died in 19, or 1885. After his passing, Joseph's son, Thomas Otto, hired William as a clerk at the family's pharmacy. William had a close connection and friendship with the Otto family, even being by the side of Joseph when he was on his deathbed, but also for Thomas in 1916. Before his death, Thomas had a very close relationship with William's wife, Emmeline. Sloan's book has excerpts from various journals from the time that mention their relationship, but it's theorized that they may have had an illegitimate child together. Okay. This happened around 1900, and the child died sometime before 1910. The illegitimate one? The illegitimate But you child. said it was just a rumor. So there is... She did, no, she did have a child, for sure. But the rumor was that it was Thomas's child. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. These journal excerpts also say that after Thomas died in 1916... Emmeline attempted to file a lawsuit against the Otto family, but the reasons for that are not documented. Thomas's wife, Minnie, chose to be buried outside of the Otto family plot, leading many to think she was unhappy with Thomas after his death. And all these events are circumstantial, but they kind of lead people to believe that there was an affair happening. Okay. And Emmeline was upset about it after Thomas died, and the wife, Minnie was also upset and chose to distance herself from the family. Sure. So, like I said, they're circumstantial, but there were rumors going around that Emmeline placed a voodoo curse on Robert the doll after he was already in America. And some even believe that the spirit that haunts the doll is the child that Thomas and Emmeline had, the illegitimate child, making Robert the doll half-brother to Jean. Okay. Now, why would Emmeline want to... Give a cursed doll to Jean in particular, because I assume she knew that was where the doll was going to go. I thought that too. Couple theories I have. Maybe she placed the curse on the doll right after Thomas died and she was upset and having a, you know, undisclosed reason for filing a lawsuit. So she cursed the doll? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. That's just one theory. But another theory is maybe she was so upset from the loss of her child that she wanted to place the soul or the spirit of her child in something, like in a vessel. Sure, but then why give it away? What do you mean, why give it away? Well, Jean ended up with the doll. Jean has always had the doll. Right. So she thought, since if if it's true, if the child was the half-brother of Jean, she thought that he deserved to grow up in the family with the rest of the Ottos. God, that's Freaking creepy. But that's just, you know, a theory. A theory. Right. And and the author, uh, Sloan, did make a very good point in saying that's entirely speculation. Sure. And there's no actual proof to back that up. Right. But now let's talk about the weird relationship between Gene and Robert. And mm-hmm. this is going to be basically the crux of the story of Robert the Doll. So Gene was born on October 25th of 1900. He received the doll around 1904, likely for his birthday. Robert never left Jean's side. The first supernatural incident occurred while Jean was asleep in bed. He awoke to see Robert sitting at the foot of his bed. 
his beady button eyes staring back at him. Oh god, I don't like it. Then the rest of the house was awoken by the sounds of furniture being thrown around the room. Jean's mother Minnie entered the room and the furniture slammed to a standstill. So she saw it slam down. I assume it was either the furniture was like slightly up in the air or like just being moved around the room or something. But as soon as she entered the room, everything stopped. Mm -hmm. It's like she could hear everything come to a stop. I always so I think I mentioned in like a previous episode that my grandma has like a couple dolls around her house. Mm -hmm. And there's one American girl doll, the Molly doll that she has sitting in like a like a little desk in one of the guest rooms. And it stares at you while you sleep. And I've always been terrified that, like, Toy Story style, while we're sleeping, she's, like, alive do you and think whispering when, things. Do you think your grandparents had a servant that may have placed a curse on the doll? Nah, man. <laughs> no, no, we're talking eastern Wisconsin. Sure. Well, so after Minnie entered the room, she found Gene curled up in fear under the covers on his bed, and Robert still sat at the end of the bed staring at Gene. Okay. So that would be enough for me to burn the doll. Their relationship was close. Because after this event, Jean's admiration of the doll turned into an obsession. Why? Some called them twins. Some said Robert was the alter ego of Jean. The family noted that they would often hear Jean conversing with Robert in other rooms, and they would actually hear a whispering voice that would respond. Oh, God. Out of but why would, that, why would you become obsessed with it? I would be horrified. Especially as a kid. Not documented. No one really knows why. He continued to be friends with Robert. Maybe we don't need to look into Robert. Maybe we need to look into freaking Gene. You're getting ahead. Sorry. Because there's some weird stuff with Gene, too. Okay. Odd events continued to occur throughout Gene's childhood, and he continued to blame the doll. As Gene grew older, Robert was eventually put in the attic of the home. At this time, local school children were reported to see the doll in the window of the upper turret of the home, opening and closing the drapes. Oof. News of these events and sightings reached Gene, and he went to the attic to investigate. He did not find Robert in the attic, but instead found him in an upstairs bedroom sitting on a rocking chair. Uh, wait, but he was put in the attic. Mm -hmm. So he got down. Yeah, he moved. He like went down the staircase or the ladder that leads up to the attic oh god see we growing up our house was like early 1900s and uh we had one of those attics that you could walk up into and it was like you were right in the roof of the house like it had this mm -hmm. angled and that's where we kept all our creepy like glass dolls and stuff too <laughs> and i i cut a lot of the stuff about the house out because it's not extremely relevant to sure. this story Sloan goes into extreme detail about the house and its setup, and I'll just say it's not a mansion, but it is a very large house. Sure. And it has a turret, like I said earlier, where the attic's window, like that's where the uh, attic's window is, is in the turret, and that's the room that uh, Robert the doll spent a lot of time in. Then Jean leaves. and For college? Ju yeah, just okay. for... <laughs> now... I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is important to the later story of Robert. But eventually, Jean moved out of the house and attended school in Virginia, Chicago, New York, and Paris for an education in architecture and the fine arts. Okay. In Paris, Jean met his future wife, Annette. Jean made a special trip to Boston to ask Anne's mother for her hand in marriage. She did not give her blessing, and Jean returned to Paris. Oof. Rough. Jean continued to pester Anne's mother until she finally agreed, and then they were finally married. So, off to a weird start already. Was there a written down reason as to why she wouldn't be a fan of the match? Um, yes. I, I don't recall which source it came from in the book, but basically Anne's mother was, even though he came from a wealthy family, she was more wealthy. Oh, okay. And she was worried that uh, Jean was basically just trying to sure. steal her fortune. Just like a class thing. Right. Got you. So they were finally married, and then they moved back to New York, where they lived for about a decade. 
Gene was trying to establish himself as an artist, but when the Great Depression hit, he was forced to give up being an artist for some time because there were no buyers of art. Sure. He then got a job selling furniture. However, Anne landed a gig as the pianist at the Rainbow Room in Rockefeller Center. They wrote and composed music together, and they actually became fairly successful in the music business right after the Great Depression. However, in 1945... Jean's mother, Minnie, became ill, and Anne was convinced to give up her position at the Rainbow Room and give up her budding career, and they moved back to Key West so Jean could be at his mother's side. Aww, poor Anne. Much to the dismay of Anne, Jean's siblings signed over the house to the couple, Jean and Anne. Oh, she didn't want it? Okay. She didn't. She wanted to go back to New York. Yeah, I, yeah, I would too. But after the death of... Jean's mother, they got the house. Okay. They would remain in what is now known as the artist house until Jean would die several decades later. So she gave up her entire life. Mm-hmm. Man, that's bullshit. And that's very important for upcoming events, too. So let's talk about the artist house. Jean was back in his childhood home. Anne had given up her career to become a homemaker, and Jean became a local sensation due to his works in painting and architecture. During this time, Jean had rekindled his friendship with Robert. Anne despised this doll and was extremely weirded out by the relationship between a grown man and a four-foot doll. Um, yeah. Yes. I. If you brought <laughs> home a four-foot doll and just... And conversed with conver- it and like brought if, it around with me. Even if you brought home a four-foot doll and it it wasn't like a family heirloom and you didn't leave it in the basement, we'd have... Major words. <laughs> I mean, like, that's concerning. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's obviously creepy. And the, yeah, it's Anne was creeped out for sure, to say for the good, least. For good reason. So she forced Jean to keep the doll in that attic room. Ooh. Robert had to go to prison. So what do you think Jean did? Did he move his bed up to the attic and sleep with Robert? No, but I don't know if this is any better. He made a living space for Robert in the attic room. He spent weeks upon months upon years making the perfect living space for Robert. He would construct two-scale furniture, toys. Okay, so he's aged, he's like in his mid-40s now. At, at this time maybe. in 45, yeah, he's mid-40s. He's 45, right? Yeah. And, but the doll to him is still a kid. Clearly, if he's given it toys. It's his companion. I just want to know, like, what was it that made him obsessed? Why why was he able to leave it and then come back and be like, oh, let's just pick up where we left off, Bob? I'm not sure, but it's they're back to his old habits. So they're spending a lot of time together. So around this time in the 40s and the 50s, stories of Robert and Gene were leaking out to the public. A popular story was from a plumber who was doing work in the attic. He heard giggling behind him, and when he was trying to finish his work, he turned around and Robert had moved across the room. Oh, God. The plumber freaked out and fled. He never returned. And his tools and his unfinished work are actually still there to this day. What, Gene didn't, wasn't like, hey, no. I'll move these? For whatever reason, he didn't. There's a picture in this book of the unfinished job. Sorry, if that's not like the most stereotypical man thing ever. <laughs> to just leave your shit in the attic for decades. No cleaning it up. We'll get to it later. So, there's this woman named Myrtle Reuter. She was a neighbor and actually a future owner of the artist house. Okay. She says whenever Gene did something hateful or mean to Anne, he would blame it on the doll. Even though he's the one who clearly did it? Yes. Like, he would blame it on the in the way it's saying, like, Robert made me do it? Yeah, or Ro- Robert. either Robert made me do it or Robert did it. Uh, he's a... F- oh, um... <laughs> okay, all right. I guess there's no explaining so, any of this guy's choices. S- Sloan, in his book, says Gene was an eccentric. I, I mean, I agree with that, too, but he's also an asshole, for various events and well, I mean, soon-to-happen events, too. Frequently being mean towards his wife. Right. But weirdly enough, even though he was an eccentric artist, he was very against the consumption of alcohol. Okay. 
maybe a result of or like a lingering effect of the uh, prohibition that he lived through to sure. whatever reason. But Anne was so unhappy with this and with her whole situation that she would actually sneak vodka from the neighbors and drink either by herself or with some of the neighbors Aww. after Jean went to bed. Oh, poor lady. Jean was not to feel overshadowed. So he made sure Anne was not able to play the piano outside of their home. So she wanted to actually play piano at their local church on Sundays, but he didn't want her to do it because she was too talented. What? Okay, so this is the 50s, right? And basically all time between 45 when they moved there and until his death, which is in the mid-70s. You could get divorced in the 60s. Yeah. Get out of there. Like, what was keeping her? I mean, I can't victim blame here. I'm sure there were reasons, but like, oh, just on the surface, I wouldn't have stayed. Here's some more. When they went to any sort of event, he would make Anne wait five minutes after he enters the event so he can be the center of attention. And then she can just come in after he's established his presence. Okay, there had to have been some sort of physical violence going on in the home because... (laughs) So in this book, it was clearly stated that there were never any reports whether police reports or reports from neighbors or friends that there was ever physical abuse but there is definitely emotional and spiritual abuse and verbal of course too so this lady gave up her entire life to live with a man who's obsessed with his doll yeah so who also is emotionally so so she's obviously upset with her husband but she's also getting more and more upset with robert as you said. In the last years of his life, Gene spent almost all of his time in the attic with Robert. And then in 1974, Gene finally died due to Parkinson's disease and complications from it, and the community mourned. He was a local celebrity. Sure, I'm sure people didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. And even if they did, they just, you know, well, pushed yeah, under I mean, the rug. Well, yeah, I mean, like, 70s. Like, and before that, too. Like, you know, 40s into the 70s. Right. Anne obviously was upset, but she was more upset for other reasons. She had been written out of Jean's will. Oh, my God. Jean's sister, Mitzpah, which I thought was an interesting name. It is. It is an interesting name. His sister inherited most of Jean's wealth and belongings. After a dispute, a neighbor named William Geyser convinced Mitzpah to allow Anne to at least keep the house. Okay. Mitzvah reluctantly agreed, but kept the contents of the house other than Robert. The what dog. the hell? Why did their family hate her? Like, what did she do? I, I don't know. I think it was because she was also a very talented artist in her own, you know, realm of music. And he resented her for it because he had to be the center of attention. Ugh. Just ugh. So I assume the sister inherited the doll then. No, no. I, I had said that she inherited all of the belongings except the house, mm-hmm. which she gave to Anne, but she left the doll with Anne. At the I house. would have A, buried the doll with Jean just to like friggin' be done with it, or B, like torched it on top of his grave. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised that like Jean didn't put in his will or tell someone to bury Robert the doll with him or or leave instructions at least because nothing was instructed. Yes, see, that's interesting. I can see, like, maybe if he thought the doll was legitimately alive, why he, you he may not want did. to bury it with you. He definitely believed the doll, I wouldn't say alive, but he believed the doll was sentient and intelligent. Right, right. So I can I can see that, but I am I am confused as to why he wouldn't have provided instructions. Yeah. Like, did he think Robert was just going to run off and live his own life? I'm not sure, but this is what actually happened next. So Anne got the house, but she obviously wanted nothing to do with the Otto family anymore. Right. So she sold the house to William Geyser, who is the man that actually helped convince the sister to sure. give her the house. So she at least got some money out of it after selling the house. Mm-hmm. And she moved back to Massachusetts to live with her sister. She left Robert with William and told him, and this is an actual quote, that doll was Jean's best friend. Of course, he never had any other friends. Oh, snap, Anne. And then Anne. You got him. Anne died five years later in Massachusetts. Okay. 
So well, she would have been in her 80s, right? Maybe? I I don't recall her actual date of birth. Oh, but I, I'm assuming if she's the same around the same age. I, as you. Either were around the same age, yeah. So she would have been around 70 to 80. Sure. So very very soon after William bought the house from Anne, he actually sold it to the neighbor that was mentioned previously, Myrtle Reuter. See, this just sounds like a nice man. Like he clearly was just felt really bad. Yeah, he for just Anne. was like, let's get her something her out something. of this, and Aww. she can leave. So Myrtle rented some of the rooms of the home out to residents. And during this time, she also served as the caretaker of the home and also the caretaker to Robert. <laughs> okay. Two men rented the house from William, starting with William in the late 70s, but also later with Myrtle because she bought the house. And they reported hearing constant noise from the attic. Sometimes it was a child's laughter. Sometimes it was rummaging around. Sometimes it sounded like someone was walking up there or playing. They also witnessed the doll moving from one area of the room to the next, and they swear that they saw the doll's head turn directions and the body move positions. I don't like it, but also if they saw it moving, like, was it walking or just kind of, like, like slid it, across I think it, the ground? No, like, it was sitting, but, like, it was adjusting itself. Ooh, that's even worse. They would converse with Robert, and they said it felt like he was listening, like listening intently, like it was engaged in the conversation. And when they started talking of Jean's bad reputation, they had a, the feeling that the expression of Robert turned from enjoyment to disdain. So he definitely still cared about Jean. Okay. Another resident around the same time reported being locked in a room by Robert and being forced to the ground by the doll when it sat on his chest. What? He also claimed that Robert gave gave him yellow fever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Myrtle, right. the owner of the house at the time, said that this guy was a nut. But yeah, yeah, interesting though, and I thought I would say it. <laughs> so, in 1980, which is now about six years after the passing of Jean, Myrtle then sold the artist house, but she kept Robert, and she brought him to Why? her own home. Why? She watched over him and treated him like a member of her own family. Okay, I don't understand. So clearly there's some sort of magical power this doll or has. just an emotional connection. If you if you treat the doll right, it'll be a good friend to you or something. I don't know. I ugh, It kind of reminds me of It Follows for some reason. It doesn't really follow you, though. No, but it's, it's like... It's literally just a haunted doll. But like you either accept it or you run away from it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. They were so close that she even dressed him up in pajamas on Christmas morning. I First off, the doll is over 80 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, time passes. Myrtle eventually could no longer deal with the shenanigans of Robert. Oh, so she could put up with him up to a point. She doesn't I have think, kids, does she? <laughs> I don't. It was never specified. I'm not sure. But... I, I have the feeling that he was in a good relationship with Myrtle for quite some time, but as time passed, he grew to resent her for one reason or another and started playing pranks and then maybe getting a little more mean-spirited. What was it about Jean? We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, okay. We will talk about that. But she could no longer deal with this. So she brought Robert the doll to a local museum and stated, this is a quote, this is Robert. He is part of the Otto family. I can't stand him being in my house anymore. So then she quickly fills out the necessary paperwork to donate him to the museum. And then three months later, she dies. So um, is there a reason the museum would take it? It's just an old doll. It's the doll of a local celebrity. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of the local museums. They, they do focus on local yeah. history. It's just... <laughs> so what'd she die of just like being it wasn't specified but she was old too okay. so i'm not quite sure but robert was donated to the fort east martello museum in 1994 yet even after robert left the artist house strange activity still occurred in that home in 1997 a seance was held in the turret suite which was robert's old room why why would you do it was, that? It was because there is a TV show, and I forget the actual name of the show. It was something I had never heard of, but they were talking about haunted dolls, and Robert, the doll, wasn't going to be featured or anything, but they wanted to conduct the seance to see if they could 
So Robert was already notorious at that time yes. nationally. How did that happen? Lo- locally, for sure. Not nationally yet. Okay. So th- this is still in Key West. Mm-hmm. And in attendance was Daryl Meyer, who was at the time the owner of the house. Several of the staff attended, along with some of their friends, and two witches named Jay and Renee. Okay. Uh, can, was, can you elaborate on that? Who called them witches? Themselves. They, they actually owned a local, like, shop where they sold supplies for So, like, witchery. Wiccan witches? I think more leaning voodoo. Okay. Um, I, that I'm not sure of though, but they, they were self-proclaimed witches. That okay. is for sure. So Jay led the seance and Renee put herself in a receptive trance in an attempt to allow Robert to speak through her. They attempted several different types of rituals for nearly an hour with no results. They ended the seance and when one of the participants tried to leave, he was stopped by an invisible force. Jay joined him in trying to push through the barrier, and they were actually able to push themselves through. Upon doing this, thousands of orbs started crashing around the room, bouncing off of walls and furniture. Ooh. Jay and Renee believed that the turret is a spirit waiting room, and their science had disturbed their peace. Renee says that she was shaken for days because of this event and has never felt a sense of dread like that before or after that night. And they believe that Robert was the cause of the turret becoming a waiting room for spirits. And when they say waiting room, I think what that means is like an area where you have to wait before passing on from so like the, in our realm to the next. When they're just like pretty much yeah. grabbing numbers of the DMV. Yeah. I so everybody witnessed these orbs. Everyone in attendance. In yes. att- right, yes. It mm-hmm. wasn't just the lady who had put herself into a trance. Nope, all of them. Um That's pretty cool. I think it was about ten people total in that room. Okay. But even crazier. A few years later in two thousand three, nearly eighty people were gathered outside the artist house for various reasons. I mean it was just a kind of a busy area in a busy neighborhood. Okay. They witnessed a bright blue orb descend from the sky and enter the attic turret of the house. It then moved through the balcony of the home and into the ground. This occurred on October 25th, which they later learned was Jean's birthday. Many believe that it was the spirit of Jean, and there have been further sightings of this blue orb since then, most recently in October of 2012. As as of the writing of this book, which was, I think, 2014. So there may have even been more since then. Mm-hmm. Why would he return to the house and not to the location of Robert? Maybe his spirit thinks Robert's still at the house? Well, I mean, he was close to Robert, but he was also close to that house, too. And I didn't specify a lot of this, but he actually made many additions to the house after he moved back in 1945 because okay. he was very creative and experienced in architecture. Okay. So he put a lot of additions to the house and it was like his baby. All right. So during this event in 2012, there is apparently video evidence of the sighting of this blue orb in which the orb playfully circles around the head of a man for several minutes. Now I tried finding this video and I could not find it, mm-hmm. but there is a picture. Like a still from the video? A still from this video in the book. And we'll try and post that one, too. It is very interesting. Like, huh. I'm not quite sure. But the idea is that this is the spirit of Gene returning to the home every year on his birthday. I just want to know what makes Gene so special. Fuck you, Gene. <laughs> Your whole life sucked. Sorry. Carry on. In 2010, Jessica Schreckengost Nauman <laughs> okay. managed the artist's house as a bed and breakfast, which it still is today. She bought a few decorative lemons to put at the reception desk. (laughs) Classy. These lemons would notoriously disappear only to be returned by guests at checkout. They said that the lemons would randomly appear in their rooms or in their suitcases or among their belongings. And on one occasion, a lemon arrived back to the house in an unmarked package. A visitor of the house had a lemon placed in her belongings and she did not discover it until she got back home. 
The visitor stated that the lemon was cursed. <laughs> okay. And soon after leaving the house, she got shingles. <laughs> and her husband got kidney stones. Maybe they had, did they get scurvy? They should have eaten the lemon. <laughs> the, the artificial lemon. <laughs> okay, here's what I don't get. For, what's the connection of lemon? So, it's supposed to be like mis- mischief yes, done but, by but, Robert But here's Hill. the connection. So she believes that this happened because she upset the spirit of Robert the doll. Because during their stay at the artist's house, she and her husband had entered the attic, which was closed off to people. They entered the attic and took many pictures of the attic, which was Robert's former living space. So once the lemon was returned to the house through the mail, her shingle subsided and the husband passed his kidney stones. Okay. All right. Did they ever, like, check with the bellboy or whatever to see if he was just hiding shit in people's rooms? Because you would do that. If you were carrying people's suitcases in one of those bed and breakfasts, you would 100% hide shit in their suitcases. I, yeah, but the, but the thing is, I, I mean, there is staff working there, but it's not like a, you know, it's a house. It's not a hotel. So, like, it would be very hard to, like, sneak into someone's room and do that. And... It seems like a lot of the situations where it happened in couldn't be explained. Like there was already a lemon in their suitcase as soon as they were trying to unpack when they entered the room for the first time. Is that this type like of thing. how I've opened boxes of cereal and your hair has been in there already? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so she explained that whole situation in a letter that she sent uh, back to the artist house okay. after all of that. And like I said before, letters came to Robert, and still do to this day, about one to three every day. Mm-hmm. One thing I forgot to mention about the book, pretty much between every chapter is one of the letters. Oh, interesting. They, they just uh, censor out the names sure. for privacy. But some of them are crazy. Like, they just write about, like, the bad luck that happens to them immediately after leaving from visiting the doll in the museum. You know, some things are super simple and explainable, like missing a flight or having a flight rescheduled. Sure. But some are more like, I got stuck in hurricane, whatever hurricane it was at the time, and I had to stay in Florida for like six months before I could finally return to Indiana. Like, just crazy stuff like that. What? Okay. I... See, this is where I get skeptical is when when bad luck occurs afterwards, because you can... Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you can like blame anything on. Oh, had to have been that creepy doll I saw that one time. That's true. You know, like if he was going to curse you, why doesn't he just kill you? Why not make it clear that he's the one cursing you? He's never, at least on record, killed anyone. Well, then what's the point? Why is he? He's he's got weak shit. There was one theory or like one rumor that he did kill someone by locking him in his car, and he died of carbon monoxide poisoning. But it was proven to be false because the person that was reported to have died is still living today. Okay. But like, sure. I, I don't know. I left that out because it was stupid. I just, I, I think if you want to be that threatening, just kill someone. <laughs> I mean, like, why, why hide lemons? He's, a, he's like a little Loki. He's like the mischief maker. I, it's just so odd. So during Jessica's tenure as the manager of the artist house, she has also had reported sightings by guests of the spirit of Anne. Mm. Sometimes she is dressed in her wedding gown, other times in plain clothes. She always seems to be annoyed or unhappy with the guests, sometimes even conversing with them and giving them false information to get them to leave. She would even be seen by staff peeking into rooms, almost like she was supervising them. Now, if anybody had the right to come back and haunt anything, it's that lady. Yeah, but I'm less keen to believe stories of Anne's spirit because yeah. why would she want to return to Yeah, that I mean, house? I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Get me out of here. And why wouldn't she want people in the house? If I was Anne, I'd be like, everybody come into the house to distract my dumb husband from all the bullshit he's pulling. Well, those are the, the biggest stories regarding Robert the Doll, but... You can still see him to this day. He's on display at this museum. Like I said, he still receives daily visitors and daily letters. And with every passing year, he becomes more and more and more popular. 
even on an weird. international scale. Why is that? I think it's because of this whole trend of haunted dolls, whether it be it's starting from Chucky in Child's Play all the way to Annabelle about 10 years ago. Yeah. And now people are, you know, making haunted dolls to sell on Etsy and stuff. So, like, this is, like, a huge trend right now. I People are so fucking weird. <laughs> so, so now, you know, you can go and see him if you want, but the tale is do not take pictures of him even if you feel that he gives his permission. They don't ban you or take your cameras away, but they just say don't do it because some of the letters they receive state they felt it was okay to take a picture, but then they feel like they're cursed afterwards. Okay. Well, um, I mean, at least the staff is open. Yeah, and... The museum staff are still to this day uneasy about Robert. They tell tales uh, to guests about over the years seeing him move positions, even though he's in the locked glass box. Okay. So that's pretty much the tale of Robert. But now let's talk about some theories. Okay. Yes, I would like to hear those. We have three theories that were all given by the author of the book, Sloan, and I have my own as well. Okay. So the first theory is, and we already talked about this briefly, Robert houses the spirit of the deceased child of Thomas Otto and Emmeline Abbott. Okay. The spirit may have entered the doll willingly after the child died. Uh, otherwise, the spirit could have been placed in the doll by the grieving Emmeline. Do we know if the child was a little shit before it died? There's almost no information about this kid. And he was 10 when he died? Around 10. He was so almost he, definitely so a little shit then. <laughs> And, okay, so, and I want to, before I get into more theories, too, I want to just kind of talk a little bit more about this kid. Okay. So, his parents, at least reported parents, were Emmeline and William Abbott. So, William is the husband of Emmeline. They were immigrants from the Bahamas. Emmeline was black, but it was described that William was halfway, half black. The reason that people think this kid still could have been the illegitimate child of Thomas Otto mm -hmm. is because the kid was light skinned, but still black. And because the husband of Emmeline was half white, half black, they just thought he could have, you know, gotten lighter dark skin because of him. But well, yeah, it I may mean, have also been because the kid himself was just half white, half black because his real father may have been Thomas Otto. Sure. I, skin tone is yeah, I mean, variable. It is variable, of course. Or I was just thinking, you know, that's why some people thought Might it have. was possible. Sure. Because sure. if the, yeah, whatever. I won't even get into that. But I just right, to right. So like, but he had his, his quote unquote legitimate father had a lighter skin tone. Yes. So, I mean, they, there's no proving that. Right. Without a DNA test, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and that whole family is... From my understanding, long gone. I don't think there's any descendants or anything. Sure. So. Second theory, Robert and Jean are the same entity. Some people think that Robert the doll began as a simple alter ego of Jean, which is why he would always say, Robert did it. Robert did it. Mm, but Because Robert is his real name. Maybe he was just saying, I did it. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but so Jean would blame his mischief on the doll. But yet after his passing... Jean's spirit haunts the doll and the artist house. Two places at once? Not, I mean, not simultaneously, but possibly just both, like travels between both. I mean, they're both in Key West. They're very close. I, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I just, Jean sounded like a shit. Mm -hmm. So like Robert was like his inner child. Or whatever. Or, that or even when he was a kid, maybe he had some sort of dissociative disorder. And he's like, you know, I making himself the good person, but blaming all of the bad negative emotions that he felt or any mistakes he may, made, he would blame it on the doll. And then just over time, also becoming a shitty person himself. Yeah. Just a big old shit storm. Sloan's third theory confused me. He basically said the explanation could be of Robert the doll being the uncanny valley because the doll itself 
doesn't really resemble a normal looking doll. If I remember correctly, it's kind of monkey like. It almost, yeah. The way it's stitched, like its facial features are stitched on, and like the way its nose and lips protrude, it almost looks like a monkey. Yeah. So it's like a weird, uncanny valley of like, am I looking at a doll of a human or a monkey or somewhere in between? And also, it has like all of these little pock marks on its face now. And it's just very weird. And the line it holds is also very creepy looking too. But how? So how would that explain it moving around? It, it wouldn't. It would. It would not. But it would potentially point to people being more receptive of the idea of that doll being Haunted. weird or sure. evil. And you know, if something happens where the doll, you know, a wind breeze comes through and just shifts his arm or something, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be a little more believing in that the doll is haunted. Yeah. Possible, maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff that is on record of happening around this doll, so I don't know. But here's my theory. Yeah, aliens. Tulpa. Oh. oh. I think that this doll was just a normal-ass doll in the beginning. But Gene was such a shitty kid and became a shitty adult when he blamed all of his wrongdoings on a stupid doll. And it's obviously, you know, fake. Like, you know, the doll is not breaking family heirlooms and stuff so he's creating this legend around his toy and it doesn't really explain the you know weird stuff that happened to the family when he was a kid but as time passed and especially after gene's passing in the 70s i feel like the legend was already hugely popular in Key West because the stories of the relationship between Gene and Robert were coming out in the 40s and the 50s. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that doesn't know what a tulpa is, it's basically manifesting an idea through oral history or like, like the oral energy discussion. snowballs. Right. So like you and can it comes alive. I mean, you can even look at actual contemporary examples of what a tulpa is and it's not even necessarily a supernatural thing. It's just like look for example more destructive conspiracy theories like saying the Holocaust was false or like 9/11 was an inside job, like things that, you know, may actually be a little damaging to say. There's no actual evidence behind them, but through actual constant reiteration of saying something actually happened or saying something is real more and more people start believing it and then it actually becomes something that is put on mainstream news like holocaust deniers and then it becomes a reality for some people not an actual right. reality right right but right it so you think these people were attuned enough to the belief that robert was possessed or a ghost or whatever mm-hmm. And so they thought they like it became real to them in that they thought they saw him. At first, yes. But like even if you take what a tulpa is at face value, that's that explains it. But if you look at it from a more supernatural way, it's possible that an entity could be created from willing it into existence. Sure. So what about that poor plumber? He didn't know. Yeah. No one was actually giggling behind him. Like Gene (laughs) Gene wasn't giggling behind him. I mean, he was like an actual grown man, but he heard a child's laughter. Sure. God, that's weird. And they had no kids around or anything. But yeah, that's my idea. I think it's like, I think it would make sense for Gene to be an asshole and create a scapegoat for himself. But then it becomes its own entity throughout the years because of everyone's attention. Yeah. I think the moral of this story is that Gene sucks yeah, major Gene, ball. Gene was a very bad person. But the funny thing, though, this author, David Sloan, has written other supernatural books about Key West. So he seems to be a local author. Mm-hmm. And he he did make it clear that Gene had his mistakes, but he was also a very, very instrumental part of the community, donating a lot to the community. So I think he was trying to save face a little bit. I mean, <laughs> but as an outsider reading this story, he seems like one of the worst people ever. There are plenty of shitty people who have done good things for towns. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I mean, like Benjamin Franklin was a disgusting womanizer, sexist, nasty old pervy man. But like he did some good stuff. Yeah. So. Well, that's Robert the Doll. 
Interesting. Uh, I think what we'll do is we will definitely post a picture of Robert. I think we'll also post the picture of the orb flying around the person's head. And maybe we'll try posting one of the letters, too, just so you can see the types of things people send this museum to this day. But that is all. What do you think? I, uh, I don't know how I feel about haunted dolls. There's so many stories around them that after a while, to me, it is kind of like that Tulpa where people start to believe it because other people like you see what you want to see. Right. But what about those first people? Yeah. And the first. And why the fuck would he be so obsessed with that doll? And why would that lady adopt that doll for so long? I, I don't know. Did she and get into a fight with the doll at the end? The, like The thing that is hardest for me to explain away to is the first documented supernatural event where all the furniture moved around in Gene's room as a kid. And then his mother walks in and everything kind of slams still. Yes. I. How can you explain that? Right. If it's not some sort of entity. Yeah, that's interesting. I always feel a little more quote unquote trusting of the earliest stories. And then anything after that, like anything that happens to people who visited the doll mm -hmm. and then claim to have had bad luck afterwards. I, I don't know. Well, if we ever visit Robert the doll in Key West. You're going to be one of those people that are, you know, not believing and... Well, I'm still not going to take a picture of him. Doesn't, sometimes you don't even need to. Sometimes you just have to say, I don't believe this crap. And then he knows. And then he curses you. The thing is, if he is really like I don't, he, a supernatural entity, he could be listening to us right now up in northern Minnesota. Maybe the curators at this museum will hear this podcast and play it for him. Because they read the letters to him every day. Why? Why, they're why addressed are they to indulging Robert. him? They're addressed to Robert the doll. Why would they hate us enough to try to curse us? That's rude. Anyways. I One last thing. I was very skeptical when I started reading this book, and I still am skeptical. But some of the information, especially the information that came from actual legitimate primary sources, and I mean, it would have been very boring if I brought all of them up. Yeah. But it... It is very convincing, I will say, that there is something weird about this doll and like something at least half truthful that it's not a normal doll. Yeah, I. So I don't know if you're interested in the story, I would definitely suggest, you know, picking this book up. You can buy it online. I just got the Kindle edition, which was cheaper, too, but it's a very good read. So, yeah. So I, as you were talking was curious because you mentioned you could buy haunted dolls on Etsy. Mm -hmm. We could make a fucking fortune. Yeah, they sell for like anywhere between like fifty and five hundred dollars. Yeah, the best part about these, like, okay, so here's one: haunted porcelain doll Amelia, forty five bucks. You can make up whatever fucking story you mm -hmm. want and mess the doll's hair up a little bit. It, the craziest thing about these people that sell these dolls too. Is like, and I've I've looked at a couple of these just out of curiosity. They like describe the type of spirit that haunts the doll. So it's like this is a uh, trickster, uh, but kind-hearted spirit, and they give it like a backstory, and it's like they get, obviously give it a name too. Yeah. But it's just very interesting how you can buy a supposed spirit from just some random person online. Nah, man, the seller, whatever. It's the people who buy this shit that are the weirdos. You should really you don't, should. don't say that. There may be someone out there listening to this that is into that. I, and I'm all for it. I will say what we- What would we, you do with a haunted doll? What would we do with buying anything we put in our house? It's the same thing. It's just an aesthetic. Why not like adopt a haunted kid? You know, if you're going to be putting all that work into it. If anyone's listening to this and is into collecting dolls, like haunted dolls, I'm all for it because we collect like skulls of animals just to put in our house, too, just because we like the look of them. It's the same thing. So well, screw you, Colin. I just I'm reading these like the the shop reviews. I mean, this this lady has sold quite a few, quote unquote, I, spirit I would, dolls. I would definitely say most of them are grifters for sure. But, yes, but I just like Ellen and I get along great. She gets along with everyone in my spirit family too. 
What does that mean? Who are these people? Some, I mean, some people, you know, believe in that type of stuff and they can do whatever they want. Yeah, yes. They're true. not hurting anyone. No. Hopefully. Well, I mean, if you're selling them and they're fake, you're hurting someone. So. Yeah, that's Make true. sure your doll is actually haunted before you invest the money. Ask for proof of haunting. <laughs> well. 90 day haunting guarantee. Let's move on. We've talked enough about haunted dolls. What else do you got for us, Colleen? All right. So we finally got the official UFO report right after we posted last week's episode. And um, nobody should be surprised that it was a crushing disappointment with I mean, no proof of aliens. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago where like the New York Times basically leaked that there was not going to be anything groundbreaking in this report. And I mean, it's it's basically just the same thing. There's nothing there. All that it says is they acknowledge that UFOs are a thing and they see them all the time, but they don't know what they are. That's not likely aliens, but they can't rule it out. Right. So, yes, exactly what you just described. I mean, um, so there's an article from CNN, which I don't usually follow, but. At least they're like a reputable right. Um, place. This is by an editor named Chris Silitza. It's called Eight Takeaways from the Government's Big UFO Report. And the reason I picked this article, because I read a lot of articles and I read the report, is because this is the only one that was like slightly optimistic. And I like a good, I like somebody who could tell me maybe there's code about aliens in here. The report says the... Events that were witnessed were witnessed by reliable sources. They didn't have a standardized reporting mechanism until very recently. Mm -hmm. So there could be way more actual sightings that just never got reported because, like, who's going to take your UFO sighting seriously? Right. And I, I think that's the stories from many uh, veterans, especially from the Navy and the Air Force. Um, they always say that, like, they saw something in the sky but they couldn't tell their superior officer yeah. because they would just be laughed away. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, sad, but makes sense. So they state they lack sufficient information to give specific explanations, obviously. I mean, they're not going to come out and say aliens. So the only interesting thing that I gleaned from this is this quote. In 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement, UAP meaning unidentified aerial phenomenon. aerial phenomenon. They reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. Some appeared to remain stationary in the wind, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. And in a small number of cases, military aircraft systems processed radio frequency energy associated with UAP sightings. That, so that, that doesn't say anything about aliens, but the fact is things that can fly at like crazy speeds with no visible wet like mode of propulsion yeah. against the wind. Well, and that information was wasn't even exclusive to the report. That was already known because Remember that Navy officer from like three or four months ago that released the video? Yes, but now it's written in well, a report. It was also in video form where we could see it happening too. But okay, well, cool, whatever. I mean... I guess you're not excited about I, it. I, the, the thing is, okay, I, I and I don't even remember what episode I said this in in a previous podcast, but I am of the opinion that aliens absolutely exist from a mathematical point of view where the... The universe is so massive that life has to exist elsewhere, not just on Earth. But all of those planets are so freaking far away that it would be literally impossible for them to communicate with us, let alone travel here. There's no way these UFOs are actually aliens. It, it cannot be. Sorry. Ha! Well, fuck you too. I'm in a hey, pissy you know mood no, now. Stop. Stop it. Here's another article. NASA Administrator, Are We Alone? Personally, I don't think we are. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson tells CNN's Pamela Brown that he read the classified version of the U.S. intelligence report on series of UFO sightings by Navy pilots, and he feels that we may not be alone in this galaxy. 
So yeah, do you fuck know how, your do you know how ideas. Big our galaxy is. Yes, it's large, but this man is a science man who works for this science. Our galaxy houses place. literally billions of stars. Of course, there's going to be life in our galaxy, but the our galaxy extends like 400 light years across, or maybe even more. I don't remember. Um, I'm sorry. Are we talking about alien technology or not? Just because your Everett brain can't comprehend what it would take to get over to our side of the galaxy does not mean that NASA Administrator Bill Nelson doesn't know. Well, yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't Yeah, but his name is Bill. So who's the real loser here? Look, I don't know why you have to crush all the dreams. You know how I feel about this. I want to believe. I do believe aliens exist. I just don't believe they visited Earth. Okay, but when I say I want to believe, I mean I want to believe that aliens can and have been in contact with us. If you have a spooky story for us, (laughs) or an episode topic request... Or if you want to send us a news article you would like us to read, too, you can you can do that. You can send it to our Twitter or our Facebook or our Instagram. All are at NerdslothHQ. Or you can email us at podcast at NerdSloth.com and put a little spooky in the subject line. And let us know what you thought of this episode. I did quite a bit more research for this, uh, reading all of these primary sources. Um, if you thought it was boring, let me know and I won't do it again. I Whatever it. you want. I man. love a good primary source. Tell us what you think. Yeah. I got a good topic for next week that I'm very excited about. All right. Tune in, folks. We'll, we'll catch you next time, next week. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.